Good evening, ladies and gents, kings, queens, things, everyone, and everybody in between. This is Lee from the D back with Shay of Shay's Beauty Diary. There you go, bitch. I thought you were about to be like, I don't know. No, I got it down now. I'm good. <laughs> and this is Reality Rewind. Um, and this week on Reality Rewind, we will begin our three part series on This Is Pop from yes. Netflix. Um, so how many really excited about this one? It's, it seems fun. about any of the others. Well, um, what I was thinking is we take the first three episodes and then three episodes and then round out the last two. Yeah, that okay. makes that's good because it's a lot of information in each one, but like yeah. I'm so hyped to do this. It's so weird. And because these shows, it's not there really isn't like a plot like a, a no a series it's literally long just plot discussing kind of how pop music yeah what it is today um i was thinking we just kind of have general discussion because a lot of things intertwined and i honestly i felt like that swedish episode and that boys to men episode could have been one episode it could have been one episode very much so because you know the the swedish the episode about the swedes really just like they wrote all the songs for the bands that were the that white kick boys to men out of the way. <laughs> the white boys to men. Yeah. Uh the white boys. Just the white boys that became men. So um, can we okay, also say so Brian Latrell looks awful? He's also a Trump supporter and like heavy on parlor. So oh, that's right. I forgot about it. No wonder. Yeah, he's um he's from Kentucky, so that makes sense, you know. And yeah. they promptly showed him the meaning of being lonely. Yeah. Um, Good luck was, on a Backstreet Boys tour because between Nick Carter and Brian Latrell, you niggas is fun. No, Nick Carter out here doing it for the gays. Nick Carter is out here. I thought Nick Carter had issues with like sexual That's assault. Aaron charges. Carter. His brother. He wait, he just also came out as bisexual. Yeah, Aaron did, yeah. I thought so. Okay. Yeah, no, Nick Carter's out here. It's Nick Carter and like just over like two weeks ago or something at a Pride event in LA, it was um Nick Carter, AJ McLean, Lance Bass, and Joey Fatone. That was and they were like performing together as backsync. That was Palm Beach. Whatever. You know that was Palm Beach. What wherever Lance's bar is, because they ended at Lance's bar. So Palm Beach, yeah, it's probably right next door to Pump and Thrust and Jive and all of them other goddamn Lisa Vanderpump. But you, but you know, Lance's bar is doing well. His, his oh no, I wouldn't doubt it. Doing very well, but no, like um, Nick actually is the one Carter kid with sense. How many Carter kids are there? There's three that I know of, Nick, Aaron, and then their sister, because her their sister tried to have a singing career too. What's her name, and, Haley? I don't remember. <laughs> and Check she out. was acting for a while and it was Where's my phone? I have they had it. that reality show together because you know he was trying to make his siblings pop and it they're just kind of tragic. And then Aaron Carter has a lot of substance abuse issues and uh yeah. Yeah, he's Aaron Carter just has a lot of just in general. But no, um, we start this this out. journey of discovery with voice. Ooh, this journey of discovery. 
<laughs> man who is the quintessential boy band. Yeah. And not so, just boy band, but a man band. Okay. I mean, sure. We'll say that. They were singing about niggas being good, like being good to women. Well, see, this is the thing. So when they happened, when Boyz II Men came out, mind you, Boyz II Men is one of my favorite singing groups of all time, right? But when they happened, in R&B, it was like the Jodeces and the Ace. You know, it wasn't, there was literally nobody like them. Not because those other groups couldn't sing, but because they were all kind of anti-R&B nigga. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, out here in like leather outfits and combat boots and being super vulgar and yeah and it's like so they were really like the rap version of an r&b nigga that's the thing the jodeci was the hyper the hyper masculine version of a yeah the, a toxic it wasn't just Jodeci. Like it was Jodeci. it was h-town it was yep. silk to an extent it was yep. you know all and that carry yeah because even after that we had jagged edge and no niggas yeah that carried through but then you had boys to men pop out and they cardigans and bow ties and it's like oh wait these are like the acceptable blacks you know what i'm saying like these are like the nice boys yeah. like they could live in our neighborhoods right so they were like the first they weren't the first R&B boy band because, you know, we had New Edition before them and we, you know. But they were but that next big, like, They were the band. first ones to come out the door embraced by white people. Yeah. Because I said that to somebody, they was like, no, because da, 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 but it's like, you got to think about it. White people didn't get into New Edition and not, not until later and all, until later until after their prime right right they because of their connection nostalgic. with the new kids on the block because new edition and new kids on the block were touring together for a minute well i mean you know, it, it, so the story of new kids on the block just to kind of jump back just a touch so johnny wright who was their manager put together new edition that, so it was New Edition and New Kids on the Block. Yeah, so Johnny Wright okay. put together New Edition and New Edition was doing great in the urban markets. The yeah. label said, we need something like this that would hit the suburban markets. And then New Kids, new on the kids block. came around. Because they're literally the same group, just one's white and one's black. But I don't know. The, Even I feel when like you the think new of kids vocal tone, they're the same group. Uh. <laughs> they're like we ain't talking about kids. dancing ability uh no not even that just the attitude is like uh yeah yeah it's like <laughs> they were supposed to be like the boys from the other side of the track right that's why they got those like southie boston boys and they were supposed yeah. to be like the greasers of the 90s yeah, no, that's kind of that kind of was their thing the now one maybe two of them are gay which is also something funny but it's like i mean i know at least one is there's some but other i things think mixed two, in there too because i feel like two have come out as gay one of them is he still married to jenny mccarthy yes he is he was just on the mass singer one of them is an anti-vaxxer and his brother is a bigot i mean you know he his brother was convicted of a hate crime Yes, he was. So, I mean, but they're from Boston, so 
I don't know a white person from Boston that wasn't who wasn't convicted of a hate crime. So you know that's kind of or the, an anti-vaxxer. That's kind of the aesthetic of Boston. It's you know. So God bless all of y'all that go to the next new uh, new kids on the block concert post pandemic. I mean, I've been to a. I've been to a new kids on the block concert. I've also been to Boston, so clearly I live on the edge. Bitch. <laughs> Living on the edge. <laughs> I'm on the edge of glory out here. Oh my like, God. Oh my God. <laughs> I would not call that glory. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so we've already seen that Johnny Wright then later went on to manage NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. And he managed, uh, did he manage, he managed Cable Shell for a period too. I think so. If you were alive, Johnny Wright probably managed you. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was really instrumental in NSYNC's career though. But that made sense because, you know, Voice to Men popped out and they did everything they did and they had immediate crossover success and they were like the biggest thing in the world, right? Yeah. So of course they inspired every singer coming after them because what's the song that everybody who try to prove they got they can sing sing end of the road it's so hard it either end of the road or it's so hard to say goodbye oh yeah well you know what though and it's really funny because both of those songs can be used interchangeably for many events yes because you always hear one or the other at a graduation, graduations or funerals. A funeral yep not even that like uh uh, uh no i guess that would be a graduation yeah. You always hear that. Song. Any type of graduation. Going away parties. Or one of those made up graduations, like fifth grade or some shit like that. Bitch, let me tell you. <laughs> our fifth grade graduation, I will never forget because I was like, this is ridiculous. They made us sing, I believe I can fly. Because that we was that sung. period where that song was everywhere. Yeah, we sung It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. Bitch, why do don't make us sing? Like we don't even want to be there. We don't know what's going on. I we just want sick. snacks. It's like, can I just not go to school today? Because that's man, all we care cool. about. It's like, oh, we ain't gotta go to class. Okay, cool. Wait. Like to be in school all day because y'all want me to stand up here and sing for a bunch of parents who really don't give a fuck about us. No way. <laughs> not about any kid that's not theirs. Like, why the fuck are we singing? Can we could this could have been over an hour ago. Okay, nonetheless. We ain't got to do a whole dog and pony show. We could have not done any, because most of us can't sing. No. This just sounds like you're torturing everybody involved, and this ain't even a real graduation. Right. We're, we're doing all this for me to just go to another school. We're doing all of this done. to ruin a wonderful song written by a now convicted pedophile. They said, I believe I can fly at my uncle's funeral. Oh, my God. I hate it now. It was his favorite song. It was everybody's favorite song. And they definitely sung it at his funeral. Now, mind you, before the funeral, I hadn't listened to I Believe I Can Fly in like 15 years. Bitch. And I didn't listen to it then because I didn't even stay in the room for the funeral. Like, I walked in, walked to the casket, and went the fuck outside. I didn't even stay in there for the funeral. So I only heard that they were singing it. I didn't see shit. When I tell you that song is a stain on the Space Jam soundtrack. And why wasn't Boyce and Men on the Space Jam soundtrack? Kind of odd question, but that's because kind of fitting. Space Jam happened, Boyce and Men had kind of on the downturn. Yeah, because yeah. it was like 
Space Jam was what, 97? No, I thought it was 95. Let me see. Maybe 96? Let me see. I feel like it was 97, but I'm going to Google right now. Because I want to say Motown Philly was 92, and then their two album was was like 95. Space Jam was 96. But the people, that second album didn't jump the way that people, like, it was that second album. No, the second second album album did. It was the third one that didn't. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. The second album, because the second album is the one that has I'll Make Love to You and all that. Like, the second album. That opening song, it's um, Even Though the Times Are Rough. Yes. You never turned away. You were right there. Oh my God, it's been all these and years. I, I still you. remember this shit. Thank you. That I- that song, <laughs> that song bangs. It's yes. like, all right. <laughs> I've been this all the time. Like it's literally still to this day. I saw Boys to Men on their like 25th anniversary tour of this album in 2019. And I'm just in there like getting my whole auntie life. Like it's Bitch. I don't know which, I don't know what anniversary it was, but every time them niggas drag their asses through Michigan, I am there. Exactly. And they're Anytime usually there with to me, I'm going to go because what you they can still sing. The even though Wani is kind of problematic in his regular life, they can still sing and shit is still fun. <sighs> okay, we gotta kind of lay off Wanye because once again, he is the only survivor. <laughs> but it's like so you know they kind of like boys to men was like a meteor right like they kind of broke in changed everything right and then the record labels was like how can we do this so then fast forward to 95 and then backstreet Backstreet boys Boys. yeah backstreet boys happens Lou Pearlman happens, and Lou Mm -hmm. Pearlman happened to a lot of people. (laughs) Lou Pearlman happened. Lou Pearlman happened to a lot of people. I have a whole episode of Crime and Wine just about Lou Pearlman and all the shit he did. The scam. So, but one thing he did do is he did give us some great musical acts, right? He did. He was a scamming ass nigga, but he gave us some great musical acts. So you get to let some niggas out. You get to 95 and Backstreet happens. And Backstreet is kind of bubbling under the surface, right? Because yeah. Backstreet's first album came out in 96. 96 I want to say it was like 96. Now, yeah, 96. Because it no, 97. It was 97. So like they kind of, you know, Backstreet's back and all that. That was all 97. So, because 95, they were just kind of hitting the circuit and kind of bubbling. The album happened in 97. And okay. That's when they like shot off into like the stratosphere, right? Yeah. Because as they're kind of shooting off, Lou Pearlman in the lab and he got in sync in the airplane hangar, getting their shit together. Yep. He said, as well as. Week. He sends them to Sweden for pop music training. <laughs> so, you know, Backstreet's happening and taking off. They're kind of taking up the space that Boys to Men once occupied. Well, they're carving out a space in in white culture but, that Boys to Men. The reason have. why I say they're kind of taking up the space that that Boys to Men once occupied is because Boys to Men did fill that space. They but did, but they were like a placeholder. It was, it was easier you know for Backstreet I mean? to come in and push them out because 
That's why I say they were like a placeholder. Like it looks like white America. That's it. These are a bunch of like, you know, these kids are from Kentucky, from Pennsylvania, from, they're like, they're not coastal kids. They're not, you know, they all worked yeah. at Disney and that's how they got discovered. And I want to say by this time, like boys to men is slowly becoming men. <laughs> which yeah, is very obvious to see as well. Boys to men is like grown, grown. Like they're men. They had, you know, it was like they had kind of transitioned out of that like cute, accessible boy band to more of like grown men singing R and B. Yeah, and then you had these little white boys who came out of Disney who were pop, who and were like for real pop, pop, right? And young, right? So it's like. And it's like they could sing, but they're like pop musicians, like quintessential everything you think of with pop music, right? So as they're kind of bubbling up and they're kind of hitting every city, every mall, everywhere they could hit, you got NSYNC in the back kind of formulating. So NSYNC took off in this country because there was a show at Disney that Backstreet was supposed to do. And they said, we're tired, we can't do it. Now, so Lou Pearlman sent NSYNC instead. Now, NSYNC was an acapella band. That was their <laughs> thing. They were pentatonics before pentatonics. <laughs> they were boys to men after boys to men. They were boys to men after boys to men. They were an acapella group. They literally were the white boys to men. It was just five instead of four, which is why even their early music always had a slight R&B edge. Yeah, because they could actually harmonize. Because they could actually harmonize. So they threw them on Disney Channel. They did most of that show acapella. They took off into the stratosphere. Once NSYNC took off, Boys to Men didn't really have a foothold in white America anymore. No, no. They were and just it's like, like, well, niggas, we're back. <laughs> but they never left. You know, Boys to Men was on Motown. Yeah. But then Motown went and got 98 degrees. You know what, too? They never talk, they talk about Boys to Men in the beginning of um, boy band, like the boy band spree of that time period. But they didn't talk about Boys to Men in reference to like, um, establishing that new Jack sound that was happening too yes. at the same time, which I was now, kind of was, like expecting them to talk about. I didn't expect them to talk about that just because one, there was just a podcast about that. Oh, and, really? Yeah, there's a podcast hosted by Taraji P. Henson all about the establishment and evolution of the new Jack sound. And look it, look it, look it, here comes Cookie. <laughs> it literally just wrapped so i didn't expect them to talk about that okay but and then also the way they did this kind of leads them into the the second episode anyway oh yeah, yeah. so they kind of set it up in a way that makes sense but it's like so most time then goes to cincinnati to norwood ohio and gets 98 degrees and 98 Degrees is exactly white boys to men. They've always, the reason why 98 Degrees didn't get bigger, because they were always the more R&B of the pop groups. I just thought it was an oversaturated market by that point, because they nah, came because out, it I was mean, enough. The girls did it, and O-Town got bigger than 98 Degrees. 
Yeah, Old Town came later than everybody. Wait, what's? Oh no, Old Town is the real one because there was a fake MTV one that actually had. Yeah, not the fake MTV one that also took off wildly. Yeah, that's why I was like, Old Town was the first season of making a band. See, that's why I mixed them up because they were both on MTV and one was fake and the other. Oh my god, I have to look that group up. The other was making. I don't remember, but I do remember the song. Oh, with Ashley Parker Angel. Angel. Yeah. Bitch, I forgot about that nigga. I do. Well, I have a history of old time, but whatever. Um, no, no, it's not bad. I I used to work their concerts because they used to tour amusement parks. So I would always work their concerts. So I've, you know. It's, hanging out with the man. I was essentially part of their crew for like in my high school days. <laughs> I forgot all about fucking O Town. Yeah, the market was just we we didn't even get into LFO and it didn't know because by the time LFO happened, it was and, a wrap. <laughs> and then because LFO fell more into the realm of like a Sugar Ray or uh, you know, where it was like yeah. kind of that weird pop rock crossover. Thing that was going on in like 99, 2000. Yeah. So LFO kind of fell more into the realm of like a Sugar Ray or a Limp Biscuit or, a, you know, in that area. Yeah, because the only thing anybody ever heard was that one said, for the summer, for the summer. No, there's that one two song. songs. Is there? But you know, the lead singer LFO died, so... <laughs> He had cancer. Why are you laughing? He died of cancer. <laughs> oh, damn. I just wasn't expecting that. That just got, caught me off guard. Like, God No, damn. he um he accused Lou Pearlman of sexual assault and molestation, and then he died shortly after. Right. That's right. I forgot about that. And then um, Ashley Parker Angel also accused Lou Pearlman of sexual assault. Thing. And then that's Lance Bass has said that while he didn't do anything to him, he did witness some stuff that wasn't quite right. Because Lance Bass did a documentary on Lou Herman a couple uh, a couple years ago. And kind yeah, of the, what was it, the boy band con? Like, yeah, the boy band con or whatever it was called, yeah. Yeah, it's available as a YouTube original. I, I mean, I watched it when it came Same. out. It used to just be on YouTube Red, but it, I did watch it when it came out. Yeah, no, I've watched. I've actually watched that a couple of times because I was like, I only watched it that one time, but you niggas got diddied. That's when I saw about. I'm waiting for the bad boy one to pop off. Bitch, why? No, no. Okay, here's the thing. I don't want it to happen because I don't want to tear Diddy down necessarily. Oh no, not that. No that those bad boy artists have some stories. Oh no, they do. The thing is, is I don't want to see Mace anywhere near television. And at this point, because of BET presents the encore, I'm good on Pam. So I'm going to so take a full stop on that one. you haven't seen Mace on Instagram with all his hot takes? I don't want to see Mace having cold takes. <laughs> I don't want to see him having shivers. He just I was talking about how the BET Awards ain't for us and y'all done let this white person, these white people come in and now they trying to sell y'all all this, this um, debauchery and nonsense. And Meanwhile, Mace is, you know. Is Mace. 
is Mace. Y'all can y'all I mean, can go and look up Mace's storied history, both factual and projected via Lipstick Alley, <laughs> which is just Reddit for Black people. <laughs> the thing is, it's like, there's a lot of stories about Mace. Um, I'm glad that Mace found whatever he found. I don't... <laughs> I say it like that because I'm not going to say that he found peace because if he found peace, he wouldn't still be doing this. He wouldn't still be pulling the fuck shit he's been pulling all these but years. But he found something. Yeah, he found Diddy up at that radio station and managed to get his ass finally out of that fucking contract. That's he what he did. found. He did. I'm, yeah, I can't... I'm not going to say that he found peace. I think that people have found peace in learning about the bible and stuff through his platform that's fair but i can't say that mace has found peace because people who found peace don't do the things that he does i don't know what that nigga has found or lost that's why i said whatever he has found i'm glad that i hope that he gets the point to the point of actually finding true peace but Right now, I don't know what is going on over there. So it probably, God willing, if a, if a bad boy documentary does come out, it'll probably be after Diddy has died and then hopefully it will be an HBO documentary. So it's done well, but more than likely, it's going to end up being a BET one. And it's going to be- I about to say this shit going to be on like BET or Zeus or some shit. And it's going to be horrible. It's going to be on Revolt TV is where it's going to be. And remember, I'm going to say it now. If Mace is on my TV, I'm going to throw that TV out the window. There is no ifs, ands, buts. I can buy a new one. I, you know what? Actually, hold on. I'm about to find this nigga on Instagram. I'm about to report and block him right now. So I ain't never oh got to see this nigga a day in my goddamn life. <laughs> hey, it's so, you know, Motown then finds, then gets 98 degrees. And 98 degrees is a carbon copy of boys to men down to the videos if you because i had i have i've made people do this over the years if you watch a 90 almost any 98 degrees video side by side to a boys to men video it's almost shot for shot remakes and it's done on a budget no, not really. I mean, they had most of money, so. Bitch, you okay? <laughs> the light was trying to fall. Oh. They had most of money, so it's not necessarily a budget. It's just different time periods. So the, like, the fashions are different and stuff of that nature. But it's almost shot for shot remakes, even to the way they style each each member of 98 Degrees to look like. And Nick Lachey says as much in this document, in this documentary he definitely says that yeah he does he does pay the homage to but, a homage as you niggas like to say it's homage to uh, but over the years NSYNC has as well and so, yeah they all acknowledge it because NSYNC has been very very clear like oh no 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 because I mean JC Shazay has even come out and said multiple times like we were trying to be boys to men that's who yeah. we wanted to be they got their record deal singing it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. <laughs> um, I think they t- I think they said that too, didn't they? 
I don't, they didn't touch on NSYNC a lot, but I also don't think NSYNC cleared any of their music or any of that shit because in no, in no every episode, they like acknowledge NSYNC's presence, but they don't talk about NSYNC. Okay, sorry. I just had to find a block mace. So, and in any account he may ever create. That's fine. So I never have to see it again. But yeah, no, I don't think that NSYNC wanted to be a part of this because literally, Every single episode, they acknowledge their existence, but they don't. Their music doesn't get played. The pictures only get shown briefly. It's yeah. like, and I was wondering, I was like, so for them to be such a major part of this era that you're talking about, why are we glossing? But I'm assuming that they just didn't want to be a part. Um, I figured that's what it was, too. Yeah. Um or it might have also been that because all of them are actually really working. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nobody was like, of the, their with schedule the exception of JC, and he don't want nothing to do with none of this shit. So, but he's still working on the back end, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's writing and shit, but he don't want to. He very rarely talks about his the instinct days. He don't sing no more. He don't want nothing to do with none of this shit. He said, "Leave me be, let me be." After the shit that happened with his first album, he's. Over. burnt out and yeah fair. he doesn't want anything to do with any of this and he got he was a casualty of that janet justin shit and you know everybody was at that point because he had a whole performance canceled because of that like he was a casualty behind that and they didn't put a budget behind his album the way they did with justin's and you know so was, he was the backup plan. That's what it was. He was the very plan much so. Justin he, didn't work out. But he also didn't want to go solo. He never oh, wanted really? to be a solo act. He was pushed because he was the better singer of the group. <laughs> so the yeah, I was. I'm sorry. I just had a thought. It's like I cannot wait because I'm sure it's going to happen soon. They're going to do a boy band, a white boy band version of BET Presents the Encore, and niggas is going to go up talking about Blacks did it first! Yeah. And it's going to have at least one member. Missy's not going to be involved, but I guarantee they're going to ask him. They're going to get Joey, Chris, or Lance. Because those are the three you can usually get. I don't know. JC might pull a Pam, not the homophobia part, but just kind of out of nowhere. (laughs) Because, and this is how I know he won't, because they just did you know lance has a podcast yeah and he did a whole week a whole in sync week to celebrate the 20th anniversary of no strings attached he interviewed each member the whole thing and he asked jc to sing and jc was like nah so he won't even sing for lance you know he's not about to jump on nobody's network trying to sing. i'm not doing that for free he was like no i definitely won't (laughs) <laughs> you want to write me a check real quick i know you're good for it they he was on like they on the podcast again he was they were on live together and they were all singing and they were like jc he was like nah <laughs> <laughs> he don't uh-uh. want nothing to do with none of that <sighs> i heard jc shazay sing exactly one time Since not on the stage sing. in the last 20 years all right, JC, just don't let a Lamisha happen. Well, no, he's he's probably singing privately. No, he can still music. sing well. I mean, it was one time because you know he was um, executive producer on that. Um, it was something recently. Matthew was it Warren Soul? Covers the Disney hits. Oh, he was, okay. a, he was a part of Soul too. 
Yeah, I yeah. thought he was on Soul too. I was like, he was a part of that. I don't. He wasn't executive producer, but he was a part of that team. But he was on Instagram Live like a year or so ago with one of the singers with one with a singer that he worked with recently. That was the only time that I've heard him sing not on a stage in twenty years. God damn! All right, JC. He is before that. It was the one time at Coachella when they performed with Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, that was okay. I forgot about that. And the one time at the MTV Music Awards when Justin got his Artist of the Year, decade, or or Artist of the Decade award. Wow, that's it. That he didn't even. They didn't even sing at their like Hollywood star unveiling because he said no. (laughs) He's like, no, I don't want to do this shit somewhere. (laughs) He's like, I'm in my mid forties. I don't need to be singing my bye bye. Yeah, he was. They were singing "Tearing Up My Heart." Somebody was like, "Are you gonna do the backflip?" He was like, "I'm 43. I'm not." Gonna <laughs> are you gonna? Are you gonna do the backflip? He was like, "I'm 43. I'm not." This back. is the was- thing. You niggas are constantly ungrateful for what you receive. Now he just sung for you. Be happy. Be grateful that this nigga just took the time and effort and used his energy to sing. Now you want to ask this nigga to do a backflip. He's 43. Who backflipping at 43 years old? I hope, I hope he makes whoever. I hope he makes the fuck he out really of was like, was. He was like, they be asking for all the, the intricate, because, you know, he used to be the one flipping all around. He was the Chris Brown of the group. He used to be flipping all over the stage doing all kinds of shit. Like, not beating bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember that. Nah, not beating bitches, but he was Me, nor doing drugs. And doing all that jumping off of shit. That was him. Like he used to do all that shit. He was like, I'm not doing that shit no more. Like I'm he was like, I'm mid-40s. He was like, I'm too close to 50 to be doing that. No. No. <laughs> I have I have children that I have to live for right he doesn't now. Have I can't. Does not have you know, I thought he had kids. He doesn't have two? No. That's Justin who has two kids. I thought Justin had four. Justin has two. Um, Joey has two, I think. Chris has one. And I think Lance just had one with I was about to say. With the surrogate. I know they were trying and like the surrogate, the eggs didn't take. So they might have just the surrogate might have just got pregnant. I don't know. I know. It's like I know you gays and your need to assimilate the heteronormativity. The gays love a surrogate, but I know they, they sure were to have a baby and the eggs weren't taking, so I don't remember exactly if the surrogate worked or not. I don't listen to his podcast enough to know the details of all this. Yeah. But no, JC is the only one that's not married and the only one that does not have babies. Damn, JC, you gotta go therapy, babe. Maybe no, you are happy. Relationship. He just never wanted to get married. He said, I don't trust these hoes. He was gonna marry Eva Longoria. When she broke that shit off to marry Tony Parker, he said, I'm straight. <laughs> Let me tell you something. J.C. Chazé has uh, dodged a massive bullet in Miss I mean, Eva I agree. Longoria. And it's secretly, even though he puffy, he's still really hot. So it's okay. <laughs> no, we love, we stand a chubby daddy. He's still very hot. <laughs> we stand a nigga that look like he eats at least two meals a day. He's not, the funny thing is he's not chubby. He just has a puffy face. Oh, is it that like I got off Coke face? No. Okay. It's you know like, what I mean. Yeah, I do. But it's more like, because you know, his face is always very angular. Yeah. It's just more like I grew up. 
Okay, he just as he got subtle. older, his face got puffier, and then we didn't see him for a very long time. So it was, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised that none of the members from Damn, yeah. But he's still very like he's not chubby at all. He's actually still almost the same size. I wouldn't be surprised if he couldn't if he could still fit his like instant costumes because he's almost the same size. Okay, so he just gives me Harry Potter. Are you looking at him? Yeah, his his current look is he literally just looks like a substitute teacher from from the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, it's like he looks like one of those like those teachers who is like he's he understands that everybody kind of needs to be heard and he's he's like cool like he gets your references. He's kind of hot in like a suburban kind of way, but he's also really unproblematic and won't say no wild shit to you. I really do hate this long hair, though. It's because he cuts his hair at home. He's been rocking the long it hair for a while. It does not look good. It's not He's like been that. rocking that. His hair has been like that since 2001. Uh, well, speaking of um, sync, we'd be remiss to not uh, discuss Britney Spears' uh, aspect in this as well. I was getting there. That was yeah. the next point. Because then you get the offshoot of trying to replace boys to men is that you have to bring in the female counterparts because this was also when the girl groups were popping because it was like boys to men and tlc right that was those were the two so you had to bring in the groups to replace tlc well none of the girl groups they tried worked tlc barely worked to be honest i mean tlc was huge they just didn't have no money no, I, that's what I mean. Like, no money, fucked up management. Right. Like, all of that. And that's the thing. None Missing of the, members. Because they brought in <laughs> Wild Orchid. Oh, my God. Wasn't that... um The group Fergie Fergie's group? Yeah. And it didn't work. And then they tried to... And this leads into the second episode where they start bringing in those Swedish bands. But the girl groups didn't work. So then you have the female artists like a Britney and a Christina who kind of came in and like eclipsed everybody. Do you remember Wild Orchid used to have this random show on, it was like Fox. Yes. Fox Family. Yes. um, Where it was essentially, it was the first version of of Lip Sync Battle to be perfectly honest. Yeah. You remember that. And it was kids. I remember Fergie was on Kids Incorporated and that's where Wild Orchid came from. On Nickelodeon? It was on Disney Channel. So Fergie and another member of Wild Orchid were both on Kids Incorporated. Now, people don't remember Kids Incorporated, but it was it was because, you know, they had the Mickey Mouse Club where Britney and Justin and JC and Carrie and Ryan Gosling, all of them were over there. But they were young. JC was like the oldest one on there and he was like 14. So then you had Kids Incorporated and they were the older ones where they were 15, 16, like the high school kids. So Kids Incorporated was the high school version of okay. Mickey Mouse Club. And that's where Fergie and all those people were. It was also the like style template for Xenon of the yep. 21st century. Yep. <laughs> because they were going to transition um, Carrie Russell and JC Shazay over to Kids Incorporated. And then they all got canceled. Oh, Mario Lopez was on here, Jennifer Lopez. He was. He was. 
Okay. He was on there before he went to Save by the Bell. Is this? After the old said, girls, this but before Save by the Bell, he was on Kids Incorporated. Jesus, the fuck shit of, of Disney, of 90s Disney. They all, like literally all of them came through Disney. Oh my God. Her name wasn't even Jennifer Love Hewitt. It was just Love Hewitt. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Oh. They all came. Every, all of our like teen icons in the 90s all came through Disney. Yeah. And they all, they all definitely paid for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in one way or another. Yeah. You always pay the piper. Always pay the piper. Mm-hmm. And he demands his fee. Who? Rashawn Patterson, the singer? Yep. Oh my God. I used to watch Kids Incorporated, so I remember all these people being on there. Oh my God. Okay. Had no idea. Yeah. All right. He went from singing to the children to singing your your favorite auntie's panties. Clear the fuck off. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they Jesus. all came through. Kids, they all came through the Mickey Mouse Club or Kids Incorporated. Damn, I forgot. Which all is about why, and this is what I say, which is why it was like a different level of preparation with the and professionalism with those pop stars in the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, because all of them have been doing it since they were like seven, eight years old. Whereas you look at now, and these kids are getting found on Instagram, and it's like. It's just, it's a different performance level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're also, too, you're also far more disposable at this time, too. Yeah. Like, because you, everybody, you can get the next one right up off of Instagram. Like, yeah, doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, so probably even better for cheaper. And it's also, like, those kids went through a whole different, like, they went through a two, three-year artist boot camp before we ever saw them. Yeah, they started young. Because yeah. NSYNC's first album came out in Sweden in 97. It didn't hit the U.S. till 99. Backstreet That's what first, I thought. That's why I thought it came out in 96. Because I remember their album in 95. It didn't hit the U.S. till 97. That's why I always put them further further earlier back in time. Because it's the like, U.S. timeline is about two hours behind the Swedish timeline. At a very different, like a very different time. Because Britney hit Sweden in like 95. But she didn't hit the U.S. till 97, 98. Well, Britney hit us all with that baby one more time. Yeah. But and by the time we got that song, it had been out in Sweden for like almost two, three years. And also she was almost of age. She was 12, 13 when she recorded this shit. That's what, she, That's what I mean. So she was like 16, But they 17. also, I mean, there's also a conversation to be had about how they made Britney change her voice when she sings and all that other stuff because oh she doesn't God. sound like that. No, they gave her this like sex style sound. It's like, yeah. Like, they really pushed that like weird Lolita image on her. Yeah. And it's like, she really like she has a very like deep and like guttural sound to her voice and it's it's not that light airy breathy which is why people say she can't sing because she doesn't sing like that that's why i'm like i i never i understood the hype surrounding britney as a performer but it was never like okay yeah i go see a britney concert because it's going to be a damn good show it's going to be a fun show 
but I'm not going to hear vocals. But that's how I used to feel about Beyonce too in the beginning because they did the same thing with her. They would kind of force this almost childlike sound on her. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I would go see her for the, like, I would go see Justin Child because the show is going to be good. Well, also at this time, her. when they were recording this, they were in fact children. <laughs> but Beyonce never sounded like a child, just like Britney. They never had that little girl voice. Voice. Like Christina, Christina was always a powerhouse singer, but she had a little girl quality to her voice that kind of grew up as she grew. Mm-hmm. But Britney and Beyonce never had that. They were just powerhouse singers and they always had very deep, very raspy, very guttural sounds like their sounds are actually a lot closer than people think that they are okay two things um i i have to do some research in here britney spears for real saying because i've heard her real voice why i can talk about this also too i just keep thinking about her dancing to brown skin by india yeah i i dropped (laughs) it out my head (laughs) i can't No, but I've heard my actual voice. So hearing her actual voice and then hearing her like album releases, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Because again, Britney and Beyonce, they're not the same singer. Like I'm literally not saying that at all. Don't, I don't need y'all putting bees all in my comments. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) As far as vocal tones, they're a lot closer then they are apart. Okay. It's I I've never really heard Britney sing. Yeah, most people haven't. There no. are there are some recordings out there of her actual voice though. And it's like I, because they both have that like raspy quality to their voice. Yeah. As far as the actual tone, they're a lot closer than they are apart. But that's that southern thing. It's that southern raspy church, church born voice, right? Britney's okay, I gotta look no up pictures means, of Britney Spears singing. Not Britney's videos. by no means the powerhouse that Beyonce is. By no <laughs> means. I mean. But as far as vocal tones, they're a lot closer than the the release recordings would have us believe. No shade. I put Britney in the same category that I put Rihanna, like in her first couple of years, when yeah. Rihanna would perform live. Yeah. It was like, it's like, oof. yikes. It's like, yeah, no. maybe you should just not dance <laughs> and just focus on the notes. It'd be better if you just kind of sit there and maybe did a little bit of this. But you know, that's why these. Britney had to lip sync in the early years because. She was always dancing. Not even because she was always dancing, because she doesn't sing like that. So when you're performing and you get into it, it's hard to be cognizant of keeping this voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the second she slipped into her real voice, they're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, it's <laughs> I like... mean, no shade. When <laughs> I've always been like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> and that's no shade because I I do I go up for Miss Spears. Once you get close, you get closer to her real voice when you get to blackout and the later stuff. You get closer to her real voice. It's not yeah. her real voice because a lot of those songs she's more talking than singing. Yeah, but, it's like sing talking. Yeah, in the later recordings, you get closer to her real voice when she sings, but it's yep. still not there. When they brought up like. Um, they brought up the we were talking about that last night. They hit me on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> the original title of Hit Me Baby One More Time or Baby One More Time, as we got it here in the States, was Hit Me on the Phone. Yeah. Hit me on the phone. <laughs> we also don't know how it was supposed to be sung. So we're assuming. Come on, baby, hit my phone. Like, oh no, we're good. We're good on that one. Um, okay, let's dive into T-Pain because this kind of annoyed me because I said for years that T-Pain could sing. It was just, it, you have to have something to tune in order to use auto-tune and T-Pain could sing. But he's like, he just, he's awesome. he can't sing. So the thing about what? auto-tune is that you really don't need to be able to sing to use auto-tune because that's No, but you point. have to have something the thing, my thing was, is you have to have something to tune. And listening to that song, like all of his songs, the breaths, the melodies, even how long the words are carried over is somebody who how music sing. worked. Right. Like it's somebody who at the very least can carry a tone and it's has like even if he couldn't sing, he understood the at least the he, basics. Now the thing for me with T Pain, I never thought he couldn't sing. I never cared that much whether he could or couldn't. The auto tune got on my nerves. It got played out, which is why I didn't really listen to his music. But I didn't really like any song with auto tune on it because that sound got on my nerves. It is very okay. Let me tell you, I didn't like believe I heard believe. when it was happening. I hated that song when it was happening. I. Some of the like these songs now I can go back and listen to and appreciate them, but when they were happening, I hated all of them. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, buy you a drink. That was my song for a while. That was my mama's song. Didn't like it because like, the auto baby girl. It was like <laughs> the thing. It was like I appreciated the song. Yeah, but I it couldn't was just listen the, the to it because the auto tune was so grating on my nerves. I was just like, I oh. can't. I didn't like OMG. I didn't like all those songs. I was like, I cannot listen to this shit with this auto suit. That Usher song. Like, oh, oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. I, all the, I was like, this auto tune shit is annoying as fuck. Like, I mean, okay. So Usher goes, oh, well, you ruined music. And oh, P.S., can you produce me this song? So. <laughs> The Usher thing annoyed me on a couple levels, right? One, this is your friend, right? This is somebody that you're saying is your friend. Why is it necessary to say this at all? Then to send a flight attendant to wake him up out his sleep to tell him to come to where you are, to say this unsolicited ass, negative ass bullshit. Yep. It's like, 
one the audacity of it and Those then two you like bitch are you stupid no one asked for any of this for those of you who did see it, Usher beckoned for T-Pain to come to him so Usher can um, tell T-Pain that he ruined music. And he fucked it up for real singers. No. I, I don't, in no way, shape, form, or fashion did, did T-Pain fuck it up for real singers. You know what fucked it up for real singers? Big rec- record deal contracts. Yeah. It was the, the record industry itself was is not built for real talent it's built to produce a product and you can be talented in that and produce a product but it's not built around creating the best marketing strategy and best contract for the artists themselves mm-hmm. and by artists i mean like like actual artists like this shit is art yeah that's what fucked up music and every last one of usher's contemporaries the ones who slowly but surely throughout the years fell by the wayside while he continued to maintain the album sales. Well, through some of those years. Yeah. We'll attest to the exact same thing. Yeah. Like every last one of them. T-Pain didn't fuck up music. T-Pain, <laughs> T-Pain got, was on, T-Pain pulled a Nikki and was on everything for a couple T-Pain of years. T-Pain opened up a lane for y'all that y'all didn't understand. That's what it was. But but you niggas want a nig. Also, we got to stop right here for a second. I don't trust a good goddamn single solitary thing to come out of Usher, Usha, Raymond's mouth. I mean, he made Justin Bieber happen. Girl, I don't, I don't trust what comes out of his mouth because I don't know what goes in it. And according to the screets, There's been a few and a few fair things that have been in there that have been massively problematic for both his personal life and his career. I don't trust you. Yeah. Because you out here doing basic nigga shit, fucking up your basic ass bag. Basically your bag, rather. Mm-hmm. Also, you cheated on Chili. And got, and then got the girl pregnant and then said in Vibe magazine, oh, if she's pregnant or not is not my problem because she has to deal with that. Fuck that nigga. Usher's a fuckboy. Usher's a fuckboy with an oddly shaped head. Fuck him. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck you get off. I really don't. That, that shit, no. That shit dead ass would have crossed it. Whole I ass can't see ass whatever line. you just put up. It was just a shiny... Oh no, I was blocked. I was trying to white balance it back. Oh, uh, your shit does love to turn blue. Because all the background is blue, it picks it up and it's like, oh, camera, we got to remember the high school film. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but T-Pain talks about like his, well, they talk about the, the guy, they talk to the man who actually created Auto-Tune, which I thought was really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and I was really happy. I don't. I don't remember what the fuck this nigga's name was. But the funk back. Wow, <laughs> the nigga with a tube in his mouth. Yes. Zap. I was happy they talked to me. Zap. That's it. I knew it was. I almost said cameo, but I was like, that's vocal, not cameo. With the vocal coder, which that's everybody it. was using at the time. Many a nigga had that shit. Yeah. Many. Um, and you know what? They. It's funny too because they don't even talk about like the white kids with their like for real for real when you get into like 
um, <coughs> punk and <coughs> riot girl and post punk and all that shit and their voice modulators and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't ruin music anyway, shape or fashion, but it's always getting his black ass up people here. that black right. people is doing something different that ruins it because it comes this this same thing comes up again when they start talking about country. It's always black people and and women doing something different that then ruins music, quote unquote. Like, oh, you've broken this. It's not good anymore. Yeah, but then it it's like, oh, well, let me take the little pieces of your soul. It comes that up again left. when they start talking about country. Right, that was with Shania Twain, right? And then Lil Nas X later. They actually talked to Lil Nas X? They talked about Lil Nas X. Did Shania Twain talk about Lil Nas X? Yes. Hold on, I gotta look this up because I'm pretty sure Shania Twain is homophobic. She, no, well, <laughs> what she, I don't, because I remember she said something wild that made me like, oh man, I can't. <laughs> no, I just can't remember what it was, but, but ever since I've been like, look here, I ain't a, trying to party, nor am I having a little fun. Oh, but in that, no. uh, in this documentary, she does say that she likes what he's doing. She, and it's like, she, no, she's glad that he's opening the door for the next generation to then come and change country again. Oh, here, this is what it was. Um, Shania Twain was a Trump supporter. That's what it was. Which is even worse than being. I knew it was something. I was like, oh, I can't. Every time I stand a white lady. She's Canadian. Why does she care? I never get when people that's not from here because <laughs> Brooklyn asked about wrestling, which kind of sent me through a down a weird rabbit hole of like wrestlers. And <laughs> I know. And you remember Val Venus, the wrestler who was like. His whole thing was that he was like a porn star. No. Yeah, he's like a hardcore Trump supporter, and he's been like going off about how like The Rock sold his soul to the devil and all kinds of shit. But it's like you're Canadian, you can't even vote here. What the fuck do you care? Okay, yeah, I can see Trump supporter, especially now. yeah. But it's like it's oh, I remember him because this nigga would always come out in a fucking in a bath towel. Yeah, and it's like what are we doing? And it was like you made a whole career with a persona as like a creepy porn star, and now you're just creepy. Yeah, Jesus. Uh well, I think that was pretty. I think that was a good discussion for the first three episodes. We didn't really talk about because the third episode was the country. No, third episode was Sweden. Oh, uh, Boys and Men was first. Pain and we did that together. I mean, because it was like because it was yeah, yeah. Um, which I I was like, okay, just the smallest thing, just putting that. But episode. it was like, can we just like take a second to really talk about how Max Martin wrote every pop song that we love? Yeah, from the 90s, from the 90s, 2000s, yeah. Literally every single one. And it was wild that Sweden became this kind of like pop factory. Well, they talked about the, what is it? The law of jargon, 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 Whatever. Uh, something like that. No, I'm, I'm thinking Schlager. 
one or the other, whatever, whichever. Yeah, I'm never going to say it correctly, so. Um, I actually practiced it earlier, and I cannot say it now. I'm far too stoned. No, I knew I wasn't going to say it correctly, so I wasn't going to try. But, but they talk like, about, like, the, like, the, essentially, it's a law of uh, humility. Yeah. Um, and staying focused on the work as opposed because, to. Because, like, yeah, it was like they were 100% the focused on the music first. The words came later. Which is why if you go back and listen to all okay, your favorite pop songs, real. They there don't. really wasn't anything like groundbreaking or unique based on that Swedish sound because it was nothing more than a, a more electronic sounding Caribbean watered down sound. Pretty it much. was, it there really was, was just no, like really the was cast off of Caribbean. The only sound. thing that made the pop sound work is that they adjusted the music in real time. Whereas a lot of people don't do that now because they would create the music, take it to a club, see how it reacts. Oh, yeah. React. They would then take it back, adjust it, take and it back to the yeah. club. And a lot of people don't do that. So most people don't get to see how their music is going to pop and then be, be responded to, to in real time because they don't take it back and forth to the club the way the sweet, the, the way this like Swedish pop music machine did. And they still, still to this day, I can tell a Swedish house mix of something because a yeah. lot of times it borders on this blend between dubstep, thunk, disco, and Caribbean. And like and Caribbean like, dance hall. This is, it's always this, is this weird intermix of, yeah, no, very much so. Yeah. But they like found all the things that kind of, go off in the club and then they turned it up because it it the words don't matter if you dance to it yeah because all the songs that how made many it big, people make no ran sense. around talking about tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache and it ain't nothing tell but me a mistake why ain't nothing but a mistake it tell didn't me make why any sense i never want to hear you say i want it that way it's like, well, what do you want? And it's like, what do you what want? Which way do you, do you want? want it? And like, what am I are telling we you? Breaking I'm very up? confused by these questions. None of this makes any fucking sense. It sounded like a breakup, but it wasn't a breakup. But it wasn't a breakup. Yes. It's like, what are None we doing? None of it made sense. I mean, how many times have people danced to? It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. But yeah. when we are apart, I feel it too. And no matter oh, that what I, I got. feel, I feel the pain with or without you yeah that was just like you niggas are involved in the toxic relationship it's like what it none of this makes help. any sense these words together do not make sense no it makes sense it's just it's just some fallout boy white sad boy bullshit with the pop sound behind it it's like you niggas <laughs> no seriously it definitely is like okay can we double back real quick or or later for cutie come up oh what why did Death Cab for Cutie come up having a nerve and unmitigated gall and audacity to say T-Pain was ruining music? Nigga, have you listened to Yo Cat a lot? Yeah, I was like, have you? Because when I saw that, I said, have you listened to your music? I said, a Death Cab for Cutie? Death Cab for to Cutie. Say? What? You listen to your, there's a reason why we don't, we don't know you. Why girl. are we getting a quote? From Death Cab and the the Cab of the Dead Cutie. Why who the play? hell? Who the hell else gonna come on now? The ones who we care about are booked. Cause Panic Get the Disco was on all the Disney soundtracks. <laughs> well, to be honest, if they asked Courtney Love this, apparently in the past like month or two, she would have freely said whatever was on her mind. Cause Ma is out here wilding on everybody. She's suing one of these little girls. 
out. She's like, you stole the image from my, you stole oh my the God, image what is from my album? album. And I'm like, Courtney Love, girl, go. It was like, it was like, nobody was thinking of you, ma'am. Go try to talk to your daughter, honey. Cause and she kept popped up. Oh, you. bitch, you didn't. Oh! You got other shit to figure out. Like, girl, if you don't leave all of us alone. Right, it's like, sis, ain't your daughter leaving you on whole ass red? Her daughter so like four daughter, years later. I don't want nothing to do with this bitch, period, and got emancipated. Mm-hmm. So I, before that, she was going after Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Like, she mom, was. Stop. And she's, it's been a lot. Speaking, the Foo Fighters did something weird, too. They released some weird cover of a pop song, and it's like, this is what happens when you have more money than sense. This that's exactly it. When you have the capability, the ability in your career, just be like, let's just do this shit for fun. Yeah, it was. I don't even know what pop song. Let me hold on, because I it was I was I heard it and I was like, what the fuck is happening here? No shade. That's the life I aspire to lead. When it's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna do this just for fun, and if it makes money, great. If it's a, I'm so excited, I'm, I will scream because that would be fucking hilarious. It's like, okay, do you remember Weezer when they did that cover of Boys in the Hood? Yes. <laughs> I think it was Weezer. I do remember that. And I was like, what is going on? That was my, okay, let me tell you, as a young, weird black boy, that was my shit. I was like, that's right. We're going to talk about slapping bitches and hoes. <laughs> So Foo Fighters did a cover of You Should Be Dancing by the Bee Gees. Okay. <laughs> well, I say that because I'm like, okay, I could see that. Like, it's part of it makes awful. sense. It is god awful. Is it like, you remember when the Red Hot Chili Peppers did Roller Coaster of Love for the Beavis and Butthead movie? Yes, but that was better than this. <laughs> Oh, really? This is because it's like they sung it like a Foo Fighters song. That's what I would have expected. No, 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 no. So you remember Learn to Fly? Oh, yeah. Back our way back, back home, home and learn they to sung fly. it like that. Okay, so they took the lyrics then to the VG song and sung it in a different in a Foo Fighters way. So they didn't do like a funk sounding song no. or a disco sounding song in a food no. way. No. It's very bad. Why? That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not fun and that's that's not a good time. It's very bad. Like when if they took off, it. When we get off, I'll play it so you can hear it. <laughs> like it, if they took it and played it like as the Food Fighters playing disco that I could get into is like, okay, this is fun. Like, it's no. just y'all, like, it's just you niggas. It was just the Bee Gees as the Foo Fighters. This is just sad. We'll stop. It was, it's not even fun, like, with Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake pretending to be the Bee Gees. It's not even fun like that. Like, it's like, oh, bitch. Let me tell you something. We are damn sure over the days of Dick in a Box. That will never make a return. No. <laughs> 
Digging the box is never gonna happen again. Oh, I hope I know Justin Timberlake is like, don't ever bring this shit up. The funny <laughs> thing about it, so so this is the thing about Dick in the Box, right? One, it wasn't supposed to happen. He wasn't supposed to even be a part of that skit. That skit actually wasn't supposed to happen. The skit that was supposed to be the the actual like Christmas gift skit, the actor got sick and couldn't do it. So this kind of happened on a fly, which is why it don't look like they know what the fuck is going on because it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, no, because it's bad. It's so bad. then it was like, but you see, that's why I didn't do it again. They, they did it that out. like group thing, but they yeah. didn't like pop out with that skit again. No. It wasn't like a running thing like SNL likes to do. They like, uh, I don't think we can do this. And then Me Too happened. They're like, all right, so we're just going to pretend that this it, never happened. They did, <laughs> because after that, it was, they did the one, after Dick in the Box, they did the one about, they were dating each other's moms. I don't remember that one. And then they did the one with Lady Gaga. Well, it's like, it's not gay if it's in a three-way. <laughs> like it's- I don't remember that one. <laughs> that one that was might funnier. Have- that was funnier than Dick in the Box to me. <laughs> that was during that, probably during that period of Saturday, Saturday Night Live where I was like, I don't know if I like this. I they got better. I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in a long time. But that that happened right around the time that they also did the skit with T Pain, the I'm on a boat. <laughs> I remember I'm on a boat. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I'm on it a was boat. all around the same time. That three way one was funny to me because because oh, she because she was trying to make the threesome happen with, with two guys, and she kept singing to them, "It's not gay if it's in the three way. It's okay if it's in a three way." <laughs> That's why it was funny to me. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> How did we get on Saturday night? This was also around the time with the skit with Beyonce, where it was like Justin and two other actors from SNL, and they were like, her supposed to be like her replacement backup dancers for the single ladies video. And every oh, time she's trying to talk to them, they're like, we're the dancers. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Oh wait. Okay, slightly off subject. Did you see Maya Rudolph's the last Beyonce sketch she did with Beyonce yes. eating hot wings? Yes. Also very funny. <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. That was that was, and I really hope that I really hope Beyonce sits back and like sends like. No, she said she likes them. She thinks the skits are funny. Well, I hope she sends Maya Rudolph like gifts and shit. Like uh, I want Maya Rudolph her, to get uh, an uh, Ivy Park box because, like, she deserves it. She definitely yeah. deserves it. And send that bitch, give her her flowers, sis. Like she's been she's been keeping you live on late night comedy for quite some time. Give her some mm-hmm. Ivy Park. Yeah, and actually, I wonder. No, they probably won't. I was wondering, like, if later, because I have, I've only watched the first three episodes. I'm taking it in chunks. Um, if Maya Rudolph makes, not Maya Rudolph, Minnie Ripperton makes yeah. an appearance, which I didn't realize that Minnie Ripperton, Maya Rudolph, hmm. MR, I mean, MR. No, MR, MR. Their yeah. initials. Didn't realize yeah. it. 
Come on, that's her mom. It's like, yeah, bitch, I know. My Rudolph pop her ass up on every black thing. channel. There's still a lot of people that do not realize that's her mom. Really? Even though she done did a whole like photo shoot recreating her album and everything. And well, they still I, don't realize that's her mom. Let me Maya Rudolph did a TV one production on her mother. Okay. Exactly. She people showed up and took part like in that. They don't know that's her mama. How do you not know? Because people don't want to know. Because they really want Maya Rudolph to be black and they mad. I mean, to be white and they really mad that she's like, no, no, sis, I'm not white. Yes. Let me tell you, when I saw Maya Rudolph pop up on that damn behind or whatever it was on TV One, I said, wait a minute, is that Maya Rudolph on TV One? <laughs> what in the hell is this? I was like, oh, it must be about a mama. And when come I to find out it was. Up, I said, oh, they went and got like the more ethnic mixed race girl, not like... <laughs> the more white passing ones that they normally get. I was surprised her ass showed up anywhere near a TV One studio. I wouldn't, because she be trying to find all the black shit to do, because white people are so mad that she don't want to just not acknowledge <laughs> that they don't really fuck well. You notice all of a sudden she disappeared from our TVs. No, she didn't. She's on a show. She's on a couple of shows. Because I ain't seen her in a minute. It's. I think one is on... Um, the independent IFC, whatever. I think it's called I don't IFC. have that channel. That's why I don't get it. And the reason why, so you about to laugh as to why I got rid of that channel. I got rid of that channel because for two years straight, they kept playing Trapped in the Closet. I said, I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> oh my so God. I like Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. But like, Are we considering... Hold on. Are we... Now we have okay. Wait a minute. Now. I mean, it could be. I mean, do we consider Trapping the Closet as an independent film? They I do. mean, it kind of is. They do consider it an independent film. Honestly, if this nigga wasn't such a fucked up ass, convicted ass pedophile, no, they because once that you get past the first like 10, 12 chapters, that shit gets stupid. Well, it was stupid to begin with. I mean, it was, but it gets real stupid because they start talking about cherry pie and midgets in the trash can. <laughs> she gets wild. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Um, okay, give me just a second. <laughs> Are you looking up the, the rest of Trapped in the Closet? Trapped in the Closet synopsis. Full story synopsis. <laughs> Thirty-three chapters. Yes, it's long as fuck. <laughs> this shit went on for seven years. Yes. Oh, bitch! I might. How long is this? Is this eight hours long? It's long as fuck. Because oh. every time they would show it on IFC, it would be in like oh bitch, in over like three days. Like it was long as shit. It's like a fucking marathon. The first chapters one through twelve or forty three minutes. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Chapters thirteen to twenty two are ninety eight minutes. Yeah. Because after because um, it's like then the cop that pulled him over was fucking his wife, but then. He went home to his wife and saw a cherry pie on the counter, but he allergic to cherries. That's how he found out she was fucking around. Then 
Turns out he's allergic the, to. Okay, hold on. Turns out she's That's, fucking the little person that was hanging out under the sink, and then she went. He, the cop went and got his brother that just got out of jail because they was gonna kill R. Kelly, but then everybody got AIDS, and it. There's a lot going on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Okay, no. 30, I can't read all this. I'm not I don't think I this. got, I don't think I made it all the way to the end because I was like, this is getting insane. See, I just wanted a general synopsis where it was it's like, so on long. this day, it's so this much happened. random shit that happens. It's like random disparate elements that they like desperately try to make all fit together. It's, uh, I wonder, because you know, just like with Elizabeth, like the scam was in the name. And um, our, with R. Kelly, the crime is in the music. Yep. And I wonder how much of this was, is actually like. I mean, I'm not one to speculate. But fuck you aren't. <laughs> Talk about the way this is written. He obviously has been feeling this way for six months. It's like all he said was like. I'm <laughs> I don't have a speculation on what. I mean, the crime is in the music, y'all. That's why we don't want to listen to his crimes. We don't want to listen to Which is why. So, somebody's. This is the last thing I'm going to say about our felony before we can end this shit. So, there was a question of well, if you don't listen to R. Kelly anymore, that means you don't listen to anything he's written. I was like, there's a lot of it that I don't listen to. Fair, yeah. And granted, it's hard to get away from everything R. Kelly's ever written. Yeah, because a lot of that shit so we much. didn't even know he wrote. Right. But there's a lot of it I don't listen to. There was like, like well, I said, like, I don't listen to You Are Not Alone by Michael Jackson. Yeah. And they said, why? I said, because that's about a 15-year-old girl having an abortion. I don't listen to it. Can't do it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. The song was written about like a 15, 16 year old girl ha- that he made have an abortion and he wrote the song to like support her or whatever. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Is You Are Not Alone about an abortion? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now this is, well, this went awry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you are not alone. Workbook: Healing through God's grace after abortion. This would very awry. Yes. Okay. Well, good try. I need to go look that up on Remember Black People's Reddit. Lipstick Alley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was. What I was going to say, like about just like boycotting his music. It's not about necessarily boycotting R. Kelly in particular. It's about boycotting the um, record company, boycotting anyone and everybody who makes a single dollar off of that because all of them knew what the fuck was going on. It's not just about him, but it's a consp- it really was a, it was a criminal enterprise and a conspiracy. And it's a shame that he's the only one taking the blame for it because there are more, more than enough, there's more than enough um, more than enough blame and crimes to go around amongst the group. Because you niggas knew. You niggas knew. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) 
Well, how you feeling? So here it is. I'm going to. <laughs> so I'm reading this says. The lyrics, the song opens. I'm talking about You Are Not Alone. <laughs> oh, God. Why are we still at teenage abortions? <laughs> the song opens with her blindsiding him by leaving him. And he's obsessed daily over what went wrong. What went wrong. And it's so he it said that and this is from the girl who r kelly had just ended the relationship with at the time the song oh r kelly had the abortion yeah not michael jackson no and because you know, Michael Jackson always specific. said the song was about connecting with lost loved ones and shit like that. Like that's what Michael Jackson's always said. But the, R. the people around R. Kelly and the girl who he was with both said that the song was written because he ended the relationship with her then found out she was pregnant and asked her to have an abortion. <laughs> so it was like his note to tell her that even though they're not together anymore, he'll still be there for her through this time. The crimes are in the music. Always. Yeah. I mean, you are not alone. I am here with you. Though we're far apart, I'm always in your heart. <laughs> yeah. I forgot one, I forgot all about that song. Two, I forgot. I forgot R. Kelly wrote that song, so I spent this whole time thinking that Michael Jackson wrote this song about <laughs> because I was thinking about Billy Jean, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's about this." Oh, about the fact that he's like, "That ain't my damn baby," like, <laughs> right? Like she's pregnant and being abused or some shit. Well, uh, <laughs> there's that lady who not that abuse is that this is his baby for real, like. Oh, that's what it was. It's actually named Billie Jean, and he's cl she's claiming this is actually that she has a baby with him, and he's like, I don't know this bitch. Like, <laughs> so there was a lady. Do you remember the lady on Doctor Phil who said the, the song? I, that's I'm mixing things up. It was a lady on Doctor Phil who said the song Billie Jean was about her, and I think she was in an abusive relationship, and she swore one day, like she swore she saw like a limousine outside of her house a couple of times, like watching. <laughs> yeah. And she said it was Michael Jackson, and all of a sudden he wrote Billy G. Yeah. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on like the lore of different pop songs. I thought you were going to say on the lore of Dr. Phil, and I was like, that is uh -huh. hell. That is hell. That's a rabbit hole. I never want to go down. That's a lot of holding Oprah accountable. There's a lot I blame of, her. There's a lot of places where we need to hold Oprah accountable, but people won't. Yeah, this definitely is one. Yeah. We let but you I, skate with a yama. Oh, we let your ass skate with a yama. Uh barely. 
Which I'm about to watch that. Uh, I'm about to watch that and go. To All sleep. right. Good night, y'all. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>